they'll set limits. Like there's one guy who's like the main trader. And if he sees you down 25,000 bucks within an hour in, he'll come over and say, listen, take it easy, go take a nap. There were rooms you could nap in. There were Xboxes. We had Italian meat, fake Italian meat hanging from the ceiling. It was like a butcher shop basically. What? Yeah, it was like wild. And there was artificial meat hanging yeah, from like <laughs> Yeah, kid. Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to the PG, no, the G-rated version of Smells Like Cappy with Handsome. I'm your host, Charles Moirab, a.k.a., no, not a.k.a., no more a.k.a., but we still love Captain Permit, 516-513-8838. Do you use Captain Permit? Uh, I have not, but I, I have, like, inquired with him about things, but never done a job with him. Good enough. The attempt was there. Yeah, the attempt was there, and he's on my mind. You know what's on my mind? Last night's intervention. That was a shit show in the best possible way. Greg, don't worry. I'm keeping it G-rated. Sal Cardinal Financial, obviously sponsor of this podcast. A, best LO out there, hands down. There's no argument. There's no discussion. It's just fact. The sky is blue. Greg's hair is fantastic. Scott's a genius. Cardinal's the best. Brit Invention last night, absolutely off the chain. If you weren't there, you should have been there. If you weren't there... You better be at the next one. Obviously, if you have a house that smells like cat pee, you're the guy. You want to buy it? I'd like to buy it. I would. All right, let's get the show on the road. You're looking at me like Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is only the second one. I can guarantee you this one's not going to be anything like the first one, even though I don't know that gentleman. I'm sure it was fantastic. But uh, I think our conversation thus far before coming on the air is a little bit different, right? Uh, yeah, slightly. So you're kind of like the, um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I actually had it in my mind when I was walking down the stairs, but you're kind of like um, incognito doing a ton of business, not so incognito now because you're you're working with uh, Matt Arvisual, who's the man. He is the man. Matt Arvisual is the man. But you're with DE, Mike Farino, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you here. Thank you. Crushing real estate sales. We're trying. Douglas Element. Putting along, yep. Which office are you out of? I'm in Franklin Square. Yeah? How yep. long have you been doing this for? Uh, February 6th will be the end of five years. Nice. Yeah. That's not that long. Yeah. I thought you'd been in the business for longer. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, I will be 37 on February 7th. Nice. Day two kids. Before. Two children, yes. Boy and a girl. Yes. Michael and Ella. Were, was top 20 under 40? Yes. 2020. Wow. So two years into the business. Yeah. All right. But I didn't get my uh, I didn't get my award until last year. Oh, because they of the whole stopped. COVID thing. Yeah, it was actually kind of cool. They did top sixty under forty, so it was like a much bigger event. Okay. I don't know if you were there, but I was. I, Wait, is this the swanky one at the, yeah, was the gala? There. Yeah, you were there. I was wearing a tuxedo. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a good event, but it was kind of cool because it was actually better because second year in the business, like you you know people, but I knew a lot more people four years in. So at the event, I saw the people that won awards and other people that came to support. And I, you know, I felt like I belonged in the room, you know? So you're 37. You've been in the business for five years. It means you got into the business when you were 32, which is like a little bit older, which means you had like, you actually had life experience, another job, if not more jobs. What yeah. were you doing before this? Uh, so out of college, I traded oil and gas. No shit. Yeah. What was that like? It was, it like really prepared me for this job. Is that high stress? Uh, yes, like super high stress, money, making money and losing money by the second. So you're, so how does that work? Is it, 
you worked for a firm in which you were trading the firm's money? Uh, yes and no. So like you basically have an account. Okay. And you know. You had your Series 7? No, you didn't need Series 7 to trade commodities. You need anything? No. So you got out of college. It's basically you know, gambling like all day long. You don't strike me as that kind of guy. Uh, I, I I like to gamble, but at the same time, like- Do I, you? Yeah, but I, I keep myself under control. You like the rush? I, the rush is why I like this business. Yeah? Yeah, this is like a more controlled rush. But you're a very calm guy. On at the surface, yes. But like, you know, uh, in the brain, it's churning like a hamster. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you go to college, you come out of college, you decide you want to trade commodities. I didn't really decide I wanted to do that. It just kind of came about. Uh, it was a good opportunity. I wanted to be in finance. I said, you know what? It seems like it could be something that, you know, I make a ton of money and do a, you know, have a great life. Uh, good opportunity because it was with some guy uh, my dad grew up with. Uh -huh. Guy's like a multi-billionaire. I figured. Commodity trader? Yeah. Well, that's what he started out as. Now he owns tons of businesses, et cetera. But that's where he made his money. So I figured if I learn his systems, you know, really okay. prepare me, good connections. I did it for like two years, but like I said, it was gambling every day. And that was when market was kind of crazy. Because there's no now. rhyme or reason to it, correct? Well, you make money going up, you make money going down. You don't really care if the market goes up or down. You just gotta move. You want it to move a lot. You don't want it to move a little. So you want volatility. You want a lot of volatility. You make bigger spread, but you know, you could make and lose a lot by accident also. You could click the wrong button and lose five grand. So it's a very stressful, you know, you get in there six, seven o'clock in the morning, you make one bad trade, you're down 5,000 bucks, and now the rest of the day is spent trying to chip away, making that money back. So it's just high and low all day long. So basically they give you a pool, you go in there, any kind of training or no? I kind of, like you watch like another person that they partner you up with, and you watch them and what they do, and they try to teach you, but at the same time, like, they have to concentrate on making their own money. Is there a real science to this or are these guys really it's, just it's wheeling and dealing? Uh, it's like technical analysis. So you learn technical analysis and certain trends and when you see them, you know the probability is that history repeats itself. You see the trend, you get in, 10 seconds later, if you buy at 10 and it goes up to $10.10, you sell and make 10 cents. That's so, the goal. So basically, you you so you have some level of trading, you go in there, and then you're basically gambling the house's money. Pretty but much. there's like an even mark, right? So they're gonna give you. They start you. They start you with like what do they start you with? A hundred grand? Like yeah, you get a draw every month. Yeah. So you have you know what are your bills? Oh, they give you a draw like to you live. Get a, yeah, draw to live, and then you know after a while, if you're not making money and making the money back, then you gotta go. But they give you a certain amount that you can trade with, right? You could pretty much trade unlimited if they'll let you. Okay. Right? Like there's no real, really no limit. They'll set limits. Like there's one guy who's like the main trader. Okay. Right. And he kind of runs the desk. And if he sees you down 25,000 bucks within an hour in, he'll come over and say, listen, just like go home for the day, chill, or take it easy, go take a nap. Like there were rooms you could nap in, there were Xboxes. We had Italian meat, fake Italian meat hanging from the ceiling. It was like a butcher shop, basically. What? Yeah, it was like wild. It was all like 20 something year old Italian guys. And, and they was artificial meat hanging yeah, from like, the ceiling? It was just like a joke. It was like, this was like the butcher shop, basically. 
And so, they would have like fake meat hanging from the ceiling, and it was just like it was so, like a fraternity almost. So if you wanted to, if you wanted to do a trade for a million dollars, they'd let you do it. No, you didn't really trade like that. You they wouldn't let you put that much on it. That's a lot of risk to have on it once. But you know, you would have some sort of a limit. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a thousand bucks. Are there guys that are really like consistently nasty at this? And have been there for yeah. decades and are consistently making big money doing this stuff. Yeah. And if they're 45, they look like they're 80. And oh, that's because, like, that's what I didn't want to so happen. Is to that me. related to the stress of the job or the extracurriculars associated with it? I think it's the a, like a combination of both. Because yeah. your day ends at 2.30 because uh-huh. that market end, it closes early. Wow. And then you're down like on the water like beautiful area there's a bunch of bars and restaurants and you know everyone else is working till five six o'clock you're done at 2 30 so pretty much every day you went out after and drank. this sounds like an awesome job it's like an awesome initial job when you have right? no responsibility i mean you have you no like- kids and no wife and no one to really be responsible for except yourself it's like a great first job it's like kevin bacon in that bicycle movie only better you know what i'm talking about okay um, I don't even know the name was old though. But good prep for this business because it's Think about it. up and down all day and this business is ups and downs, but they're not anywhere near those ups and downs. And you don't really have any financial risk as, as an agent. Yeah, exactly. But it's, you, you get a deal, you lose a deal, you'll get another deal. That's got to be sick. Imagine that. You're 25 years old. You're just out of college. You're living with your parents. So who gives a shit? Yep. You go into the city. You're slinging money that doesn't belong to you. It's it's wild. It's exciting. It's like the Wild West. You're done at 2.30, and then they just let you loose with money in your pocket in the greatest city in the world. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, it was happy I did it first. Yeah? Yeah. And you, I realized quick that- You didn't have a this, girlfriend at that time, did you? I had just started dating my now wife. When you just started doing it? Yeah. Mm. Wow. Like the same exact time, basically. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. So what made you leave that ultimately that you were just like- I just realized like this is not a career. I don't see, like I want to have kids. I want to have a family. I can't imagine having a mortgage and kids that I have to support and having to- The volatility of that It's just like way too volatile. And I just saw it as at some point, like you crash and burn, you know, and when you gamble and you lose, it's like you push more and you push more and you're doubling down and it's like- I don't want to be doing that when I have a family. Are there ultimately guys that just walk out the door down $100,000 and they're like, that's it? There's nothing I can do? Yeah. At some point, I think people come to that. I'm happy that didn't happen to me. I kind of went out on my own. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. So it was, it was a cool start. From there, you go into real estate? No. So um, I actually went back to school. I got my uh, MBA. Nice. Yeah. So I went to St. John's initially. When I realized I didn't want to do the trading anymore, I actually went to my boss and I said, there's a program that St. John's is offering for alumni assistance. Anyone who got fired from their job because of the So can you meltdown. please fire me? That's basically what I said. I said, you know, you're not paying me unemployment or anything like that because I'm not on a salary. I said, I need to be fired in order, <laughs> to get, in order to get this scholarship. So I got 50% scholarship for being fired made it like a very easy decision to go back to school. And then I worked full time while I got my MBA. And it, what'd you get? What was I the concentration? I went to like investment. I went to like a boutique investment bank. After that? While I was in school. Okay. You got your, and you got your MBA in business. Yeah. Business. Finance. Uh, finance and marketing. No kidding. Yeah. So like well 
well positioned to be in real estate. And then you went to work for an investment bank. Yeah. Doing what? Uh, just like bitch work, literally. Like you're like low man on the totem pole. You know, it's like super corporate and you got these guys that need to pitch all these investors and all that. So you start by basically like making the, the presentations and the decks and all that. Uh, you know, so that makes you like much more detail oriented because if, you know, a word is not centered correctly, like they're going to tear into you. Really? So yeah. Like everything needs to be the way they want it to be. You don't dress right. You're not go home. Like you need to be dressed the right way. It's like very good discipline. Sounds like yeah. the military. It kind of is, but I think- Dress right meaning suit? Suit, tie. Like if you tried to be flashy and wear, you know, like a striped shirt with like a white collar, you know, they'd be like, who do you think you are? Like, that's like the executive wears that shirt. Like, who are you to think like you could dress like that right now? Are you able to tell them to go fuck themselves in that situation? You can, but then you probably get fired. Or could just just ignore them and just keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, but it's not a good look. I'm just curious. If it's you're like, looking to move up in the ranks, like you need to you need to follow the it's again, it's like pledging a fraternity. All right, so you left there because Well, that was just I did that for a few years. Again, good experience, but uh -huh. it just it wasn't what I wanted to do. You're at a desk all day, it's boring. I hate the city. I don't like going to the city. Really? I don't like commuting. I just don't the commute like is terrible. It sucks. The L I double R will literally suck the soul yeah. out of you. And it's just boring. You know, there's like every day is the same. It's like Groundhog's Day. I'm trying to understand how real estate comes into this mix because uh so I always I was good at I was a good artist and I was really good at math. When I went to college. Like you can draw? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So when I went to school, I wanted to be an architect. because uh, I always loved Building, Bro, you know you're all over the place here, right? Yeah, listen, this is You're in finance, trading, commodities. Well, finance and commodities are in drawing in time. like, you know, Michelangelo. Well, I I went to school, I want to be an architect. And I realized quick that, you know what, I like numbers. My dad was in finance. Let me stick to finance. You can never go wrong with a business degree. And I just always loved houses. My uh my family, you know not wealthy growing up, but my grandmother made like an incredible investment that kind of inspired me that I always thought, you know, she had the guts to do this and basically could set my family up for generations with just like made a decision, saw an opportunity and did it. Your grandmother? My grandmother. Yeah. She, uh, she bought a three family house in Brooklyn when like it was like 60 years ago in Williamsburg, it was like 50 or 40 or 50 grand. That's probably like a $3 million house. Yeah. And just, you know. You still have it guts. in the family? She still has it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, just like takes guts. And I just, like I said, I always loved houses. I was in, interested in real estate. At 50 years ago, 50 grand was a lot of money. 60 years ago, 50 grand yeah, was a lot of money. Yeah, my grandfather probably made like $15 a week. Yeah. So that was a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. A lot of different things that kind of just came to. And then uh, the way I got in the business was I wasn't happy with work. My son was going to be born. At in, this point, you're at the investment bank. Yeah. Okay. And my son was going to be born in like 30 days. And my wife said, why don't you just get your real estate license? She said, you always wanted to do this. And I'm going to be home for like six months. I'm going to be making money and you know we'll be able to pay the bills. You're going to need some time to kind of build yourself up and see if this is going to work. Wow. I, so I got my license in like under 20 days and then just kind of went at it. Good for you, man. Yeah. Your wife's Italian also? No, she's Irish. Okay. 100%? Yes. Wow. Uh, I think so. I don't know if 
she knows like her exact makeup, but mostly Irish. Wow. That support's very important. Yeah. Super supportive and like pushed me to do it. So you out of the gate, bang, doing uh, deals. So I was lucky. I, I got on a really good team and I kind of learned from them. You've like, always been with DE from the get-go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I had the opportunity to join a good team. I figured, you know, learn from these guys. And one day if I want to do my own thing, at least I have the knowledge and I can do it on my own. And I just got to the point where it was just time for me to kind of spread my wings. I've always been entrepreneurial. I have other businesses and I, I, I'm not, I don't really love working for someone. I kind of like to do my own thing, but you know, hopefully I gave them, you know, some value. They gave me a ton of value. And so I've been on my own for like a year and a half. What type of other businesses are you in? Uh, I have a sports facility in Massapequa, like a big, like sports complex. Which one? Uh, Long Island Sports Dome. It's across the street from the Oyster Bay Field of Dreams. It was like an old tennis center, a sport time. You know? Yeah, big building. It's like 17,000 square feet, like 40, 50 foot ceilings. That's yours? Yeah. So mine and my, my brother runs it, but okay. I'm his partner. Wow. Yeah. My, uh, my dad was in that business now for like 10, 12 years. And we always wanted to open one. My brother wanted to do it. So I told him I'd help him out. And this was like all around the same time my real estate career was kind of starting. Wow. Yeah, so we've been there like four to five years now. So what goes on there? Uh, so may, we basically do a lot of subletting. So like we rent the space, obviously. Okay. We outfitted it, batting cages, turf, you know, nice lobby, big party room upstairs. But we basically like run kids programs. So like birthday parties, like if you have a kid that he wants to play yeah. dodgeball and football and have a birthday cake. You guys actually do it or you're subbing it out to no, people? No, so that we, do? we do the parties. Okay. Camps we do. So we'll have like kids are off from school, drop your kid off. We feed them. We do everything, pick them up at three o'clock and take them home. And then we sublet to like a lot of private teams. So if you were on like a travel baseball team and over the winter you wanted to practice, you basically rent time from us. Wow. Yeah. It's an interesting model. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a it cool works? Business. Uh, it does. It works. You got to hustle there too. Yeah. You know, winter is easy. It's like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel because everyone's got to come inside. That makes sense. Um, but then come like, you know, April through September, you got to get a little creative. And, yeah. You know, we do sneaker shows. We do baseball card shows. We do wow. gymnastics competitions. How big is the facility? Uh, we have like 17,000 square feet. How active are you involved in that business? More from like the business side. I'm never in the building working, yeah. but you know, any like financial decisions or, you know, uh, how do we grow that business from April through September? Um, I started a charity like 10 years ago and I learned how to fundraise. And, you know, that's what we've been focusing on in there is getting more like charitable events in there. Yeah. Because I knew my fundraising season was always, you know, April. Uh, April was like a big month. Which, May was a big month. Yeah, that makes sense. September, Which coincides October. with your downtime. Yeah. So that's kind Very of- Very smart. Yeah. So we're trying to fill the space and fill the void with stuff like that. No shit. Interesting. Yeah. So the year you, would, you were top 20 under 40, do you remember the stats? Do you remember how you did? Like number wise? Uh, like volume wise, just like house volume wise. Uh, I don't know volume. I I probably did like twenty five deals. I probably GCI wise, I was probably in like the four hundreds. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, two years in. Yeah, so yeah, 18, 19, the twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow, that's not a joke. Yeah, you're doing some real business. We I've been working hard. Yeah, twenty twenty was a good year. You know, most people I think just kind of like 
sheltered, yeah. didn't really know what to do. Um, I had another kid on the way and I just had to figure out like, how am I going to make this work? And I was on the phone every day with my clients and just, they did not seem phased by the market being shut down uh. and were kind of asking for more. Yeah. Right. They're like, when are we going to be able to go see houses? So I'm saying to myself, you know, when this ends at some point, which it will, we'll be able to go back to work. All these people are going to be raring to go, right? Yep. Like salivating for houses. And I said, if I have 10 people, that means everyone else's customers are the same way. Um, so I said, how do I just build this intensive pipeline of people that when I'm ready to go, I can just come out of the gates. Okay. So I called Zillow and I just paid a ton of money for Zillow leads because I figured everyone's home calling Zillow right now, like return on investment is going to be insane. And they were saying, you know, you should get whatever, five to 10 leads a month. I was getting like five to 10 a day. I had like the best tan I've ever had because I was outside all day, just on the phone. And then come June, when we could show houses, I just was like popping like 60, 70 appointments a week, just banging it out, just showing house after house. Wow. That, yeah, that fed me for like a year and a half because everyone kind of cut back on spending. And I said, you know what? Like I'm yeah. going to spend more. Right, because you know everyone else is going to come out and they're going to have what they have. But if I can come out of this with a ton of you know leads in my pipeline, as long as I can service it and get them in these houses, then you know I'm going to have a great year. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like what's going on now in, in the investment side of the business. Like a lot of investors are pulling back on marketing and this and that, and they're and they're nervous. In the last thirty days, I built a system. We started putting it, implementing it earlier this week, and just pouring money into it, and it's working. Yeah. Phones are blowing up. Like it's it's a lot, a lot of action. Yeah, I mean, listen, you have to be aggressive when everyone else kind of pulls back. You know, it's the only way to get ahead, mm -hmm. right? And so, is that really is that how you essentially built the business through Zillow? No, that was just that. I honestly, I did it for like five months okay. just to build my pipeline and those leads. You know, you still working with Zillow or no more? No, I stopped. So I did it for five months. Really, I got a ton of business, and that was just to really like secure me coming out of that shutdown. No, it makes sense. It's like, it's kind of like the equivalent of, I mean, I actually am, I'm a fan of Zillow. I think Zillow is a great thing. A lot it of It was agents. good then, but now I would not pay them. It's like way too expensive and those leads are not great. So, but it's like, think about it at that point. It, what you did was essentially going all in in the stock market when the stock market is in the shitter. Yeah. So when it's cheap and you can go in and get discounted leads, you went in there, you were spending whatever you were spending every week. And it made you a lot of money. Yeah. So I think people just have to realize that that when things like that happen, they have to be quick to take advantage of situations. Yeah, and like, it's not something that lasts forever. Like, yeah. So example, everything goes in cycles. So right now, ad spend is down huge. 30 to 50% of course, all platforms. Facebook, Google, everything, you name it. Yep. So what does that mean? That means if you're putting money behind it, you're going to get much, More much results. better results. Yeah. But everybody's running away from it. Everyone's pulling back ad spend, everything. I mean, that's why I work with Matt, right? Because you know, every year I try to add something new, mm -hmm. you know, in in my like little marketing mix. Yeah. And you know, social is great, and you just realize how many impressions. And you know, this business you have to stay top of mind. Some people make phone calls. Phone calls are lengthy, and a phone call could be five minutes. It could be an hour, right? In one post, I can hit you know two, three thousand people. You know, say a thousand of them are the people that I know. Mm -hmm. And if I do that every day, I'm top of mind with those people every day. 
right? Instead of calling them every four months, you know, how are you doing? Catching up, this and that. So I'd say over the course of, you know, the year, I engage with so many different people that I know just because I make a post, they think it's funny or I make a post to my daughter and she has a birthday somewhere and they're like, oh, we just had our daughter's birthday there. And it just naturally starts conversation and one thing leads to the next and it's, you know, can you help my mom sell her house? That makes sense. So you, um, how long have you been working with Matt for? Uh, almost a year. So you're pulling these people from your immediate sphere of influence. Yeah, I have like so a you huge, already know these people. Yeah, I have a huge sphere. Um, so that's really been what I've kind of poured my money into. Did you have just you just had that organically? Yeah, I, I always knew a lot of people um, just from growing up. Like I always had older friends, I had younger friends, I obviously had friends my own age, um, and just like always knew everyone. You know, like you go into town and know every single pizzeria owner, every yeah. deli owner everyone's parents, like, I don't know, just from when I was growing up, I Where'd was, you always, grow? I was, I grew up in Port Washington. Okay. The port. Yes. I like Port Washington a lot, actually. Yeah. It's just far. It is far. If you live in the city, it's not bad. It's great because you could just chop up the train. That's why boom. people live there. But otherwise, like if you're coming from any other part of Long Island. But that's the nice part of it. far. But it's, so, it's to really nice. There, and you're know? right by Sands Point, which is amazing. Yeah. It's a nice place to grow up. You're still there? I live in Glenhead now. So just okay. yeah. next peninsula. Close enough. Yeah. So close. outside of working the sphere and using social media as kind of like a digital, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Your mom needs to sell her house. I'm here. Where's the business coming from? Like, what are you doing? Because to do the kind of volume that you're doing, if you're doing three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars in gross commissions, that's a lot. That's a lot of business. Uh, so I just, you know, I don't know if I heard this from someone. I just, I think it's to me, it was kind of common sense, right? It was you're getting all these customers and all these clients, right? And they had a good experience with you. Why not, you know, put money into those people, keep them happy, stay in touch with them and just kind of be a resource. Okay. So I just always looked at it as, let me just be as knowledgeable as I can and just be as big of a resource as I can. Okay. So I do a ton of networking. I'm out like four days a week yeah, just meeting still? different people. Yeah. Um, and just when someone needs something, they call me to ask. So yeah, I built my entire business off networking. Yeah. Um, so, the but I didn't have big. two kids and a wife. So my wife is very understanding, but she she knows it's not like I'm not going out to like drink with my friends. Yeah. Like if I'm going out, there's a reason I'm going out. It's not to just like go out and drink. So, what type of networking events do you go to? Because the thing with realtors, and I always say to them, listen, I love going to the realtor events because that makes sense for me. Yes. Last night I'm at Wintervention. There's 250 realtors there. That's like Shangri-La for me. Yeah. I walk through the crowd. Yeah. I talk to everybody. I'm top of mind. It's amazing. For a realtor to go, yeah, you're gonna have a good time. You get a drink. Cool. But you're not getting any business out of that room. No. So I try to explain to realtors, I'm like, listen, it's very important to network. You have to network at least a few times a week and don't do it in a with other agents because there's just no point. Yeah. So what are the type of networking events that you're going to? So like last night when everyone was drinking and having fun with their other realtor friends, I went to the founder's room. I was with like 10 guys, private room. We, we ate, we had some drinks and we played cards. Uh, there was a builder there. There was an attorney there. There was a mortgage guy there. There was an architect there. There were two financial advisors. All there. like real estate and financial. All type like very, very. How'd long. you get in with this group? Uh, one of the lenders that I know invited me. Awesome. So we just try to help each other out, right? So like he wants to be introduced to more attorneys. So I set up a dinner, you know, come to dinner with X, Y, and Z, you know, might be a good connection for you. And then vice versa. Who do you want to meet? This is who I want to meet. He connects us. And then it's just, you know, 
his business becomes my business, my business becomes his business. And if I can create an opportunity for him that he may never have gotten because he never knew this person, that's like a notch on my belt in his mind, right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, you're basically just giving each other value. You're just right? matchmaking. Yeah, so you, you like the person and you say, hey, listen, how do I help you? Yeah. How do I grow your business? Who do you want to meet? Yep. And then they reciprocate. And it just, it's a chain reaction that just keeps going. And some, with listen, all the people you, meet. You, you meet some of these people and they're, you're introduced to them and you find out like personalities just don't match yep. and you're not going to do business with them. But like I'd say in the last couple months, like I know for a fact, a lot of these guys are doing business with each other. And whether it's an inspector or which an is a very cool thing or a lender, yeah. Listen, it makes me feel good, right? Like, you know, I can only refer so many deals, yeah. right? So, you know, if it's a lender, like I could refer X amount of deals. If I can introduce you to an attorney or a title guy or some someone in the business that can then refer you business, like to me, that makes me feel good because you know, hopefully it comes back. But if it doesn't, it doesn't, right? Like I'm always. The I'm under the impression of you know just do the right thing and give you know before you receive and in networking that's like the best way to go about it because you know a lot of these networking groups you go in immediately like all these lenders like try to latch on to you and oh you have any buyers I could work with you know you have anyone you can refer me to and it's like dude I don't even know you and I'm not just going to refer you business because we're in a group together yeah right like it's my my usually my usual cycle is like I need to know someone for six months before I refer them a deal. Wow, that's because interesting. That's but it makes like, sense. Yeah, and that's like, you know, I need to know them. I, we need, we gotta go out with each other. We gotta have dinner once in a while, but we just gotta like become friends, right? I need to find out who they are. You need to be romanced. Basically, because I need to see like, how are you gonna treat these people that I refer you to, right? Like that's I know smart. the level that I treat people with. I need that same level of respect and service to be there. And in six months time, if someone's for real, you're going to get like a true sense of who they are. If they're fugazi and like not great yeah. and they're not going to treat people right, that's going to come out too. Like the sales salesiness is going to come out if, if they're not a good person. What's your deal mix? Are you more buyer heavy, seller heavy, or do you have a mix of both? So good mix. Uh, last year, probably 60, 40 buyer. I think my wow. age comes into play just because, you know, more people I know now are probably buying, Okay. you know, than selling, but I'm like nearing 50-50. I'd like to be like a 50-50. Well, I mean, I think that's really smart because you have a lot of agents who are just like, I want to be a listing agent. I want to be a listing. I want to listen. And like, listen, in every business, you need a healthy mix. You can't just be the listing agent because- Yeah, what happens this year- When, when there's the no product- dry up. Exactly. Right? And now you have nothing to sell. Right? Exactly. And that's why, to me, buyers, I look at them as my future business. So if I sell a buyer house today, five to 10 years from now, they will sell that house and buy something else. And they'll call you. Yes. It's if you stay in touch with them and you do the right thing. So what means do you use of staying in touch with these people? Do you have a CRM? Do you use some kind of like drip campaign? Do you have automated emails? Uh, Are you actually just picking up the phone every X amount of time and saying, hey, what's going on? Sometimes I call, like if it's specific, but like, again, social helps me out big time. I have a CRM. I don't implement it as much as I should, but I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, but CRM's like, a game changer, bro. I have people's birthdays in my phone, right? If it's someone's birthday, I'll either send them like a, a video message or I'll text them and say, happy birthday. How attached are you to your phone? And as you can see. The only reason I was, I'm looking at him like, he hasn't, he's been clenching that yeah. thing since the moment we started doing this. But I'm, at the, <laughs> end, in the end of the day, like- It's your that, lifeline. It is. And like someone knows, they text me, they get a response in 30 seconds. Yeah. I have people who play games where uh, one of the guys who does my uh, insurance, he, uh, he does, he makes like a joke of it and he'll be talking about me and it'll be like, 
this guy is attached to his phone. If you need him and he's available, he will answer you back. And he'll be like, watch, he'll text me. And I literally will text him back in five seconds. And then he'll show the phone to the person and be like, you see what I mean? <laughs> and he'll, and I, sometimes he'll call me and be like, I didn't really need to text you, but I just wanted to show someone how responsive you are. Wow. Thank you. I'll call you. I'll call you in a couple hours. That's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Nice, man. Yeah. So kind of final, final up. You're doing a lot of business. You're obviously in the top 1% of realtors. A lot of agents out there struggling right now, looking to get more business, looking to not have to exit the business because it's that tough right now. Three things you recommend to either a new agent or a struggling agent to help them get more business. So definitely you got to find someone to kind of partner up with and just help them out, right? Because if they do have listings, those are opportunities. So when I first started, I just said, I don't have any business. Let me just do open houses. And all open houses is the best thing in the world. All these people come in and you get to kind of interview them and see if you're going to be like a good match. And if they come in without an agent, you focus on that person and you just, you know, do a really good job, stay on top of it, and you'll sell them a house, right? And it's not that difficult. Like it really, it's not like a difficult concept. And there's plenty of opportunities where there's agents who they're going away for the week, right? I need to do open houses, but how am I going to do it? You be that person. Um, you're not going to get them right away, right? Like you're not just going to go up to some big producer and be like, I want to do open houses. Can you help me out? And they say yes, right? Like they may have an inspection they can't get to, like, offer to do the inspection for them. Um, if they need to do an appraisal, they can't make it, do the appraisal for them. You know, like help them out or do something that, you know, maybe they needed help with and usually they're paying people for it, right? Yeah. So just be a resource for people and just be there to help. Eventually, if you're persistent enough, that person's gonna say, why am I like not even asking this person to help me out every week? You know, you'd make a deal with them. Like maybe they say, do all my open houses, every buyer you get, give me a referral fee. That's great. Now, um, I would say definitely need to go on social and you may not have deals to post, but ask other people in your office. Again, if you're doing their open house, post their open house, right? The consumer doesn't know it's not your listing. It yeah. looks like you're busy. Every single time you have showings, talk about the showings, post about the showings and just kind of build up this mentality that like you're super busy and you're doing really well. It's kind of fake it till you make it, but in the end of the day, like you kind of have to do that in the beginning to have people believe that you're going to last. That you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I did that with my friends and family. I thought when I got in the business, all right, like I'm in the business now, you know, I'll get my friends listings and they'll come work with me. I'll get my my friends and family to give me their listings and it's like the complete opposite. So every deal I got, I used to send them postcards in the mail that I sold a house and I just pounded it in their brain. Your just, friends and family? Yeah, just that like, I just sold another house. I just sold another house. I just did another another deal until they said to themselves, oh, wow, Mike's Mike's doing well. And then those deals kind of started coming in. Wow. Um, What's the last thing? Third thing, I would say you just have to be authentic and like be who you are because you're going to attract those types of people. Those are going to be good relationships. Those are going to be the best referrals because you're going to get to know those people. You're going to become friends with them. And then they're going to refer you to all their friends and family. That's basically my whole business is referral friends, family, and just, you know, people that I work with. Love it. Mike Farino, top producer, five years in the business, top 20 in the 40, year two. Someone wants to buy or sell a house, how do they get in touch with you, man? Call myself, 516-459-6246. Guaranteed. I will answer in 10 seconds or less. Or he will sell your house at no commission. <laughs>
Handsome Home Buyer 516 777 sold. That's a wrap. <laughs>